This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkan, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Don't forget, it is the end of the quarter. Will there be end of Q1 fireworks? Or won't there be? That is the question of the day. We'll talk about how to approach today, uh, the day, how to approach it, uh, growth stocks, how to approach beating down stocks, and what could happen into the close. I got a couple of earnings on our radar as well. We had um, Chewy last night. We had Metro Mile, uh, Romeo Power, a few earnings last night that I want to hit on if we can throughout the course of the show. Uh, Micron after the bell tonight, so everyone has that on their radar. Our guest today is Sean Udall, CIO of Quantum Trading Strategies. We'll join the show at 8. 35. Don't forget, everyone, please, please hit that like button. If you want to show us even more love, hit subscribe, and that'll help us out on YouTube very much. Before I throw it to Joel, one in the chat, if you fell for Volkswagen's dumb April early April Fool's prank, because I, I did. I will plainly admit that I fell for that prank. Um, Joel, Dennis, Dennis did too. Joel, did you fall for the, Vol- the no. Volkswagen thing? Yeah. Uh, no. No. Okay. Joel has a brain. Two of us do not. All right. Let's bring up those charts, Joel. How are we doing in the overnight session? Got a little green here. Up five handles, 52.75. Tight range overnight. Pre-market high, 57.75. 
just under the intraday high from yesterday. So we still got all that resistance just above that in the 39.70 handle. Uh, Pre-market low, 39.41.50. Don't have anything there for you, folks. Uh, Crude, that's down 36 cents here at 60.49. That's trying to remain in the $60 handle. Gold lost seventeen hundred. Doesn't look in a big hurry to get it back. That's down a buck thirty. Silver slide in. We did dip under twenty four, twenty three seventy four low. Back above twenty four, but down nine cents at twenty four oh four. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin's holding up. Well, down one thousand four hundred forty dollars, fifty eight thousand two hundred sixty five. Did sneak over the uh, sixty thousand dollar level in pre market trading. Uh, but here we are trying to make that close over 60. So we have, uh, I believe we have an ADP number today. Uh, we're going to have jobs number on Friday when the markets are closed. I mean, it's just uh, end of the quarter. Kind of a funky day here, Dennis. What, what are you seeing out there in the after hours and pre-market trade? Nothing. This was a quiet after hours session. This has been one of the quietest pre-markets we've had in a while. Is it the calm before the storm? Hair indicator says yes, because my hair is crazy today. I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, well, I could buy myself a comb one day, but I have not bought the comb yet. So we'll just go with it. But I think you'll see, hopefully, some fireworks into the close because we do have the end of the quarter, Joel. Window dressing. Yay! Yeah. I mean, a little dress them up, dress them down. Uh, I mean, you know, how, how are the stocks? Are the are the dogs going to show some life? Are they going to take some profit in some of the high flyers? Or looks like everyone's still pretty, pretty, you know, pretty quiet yesterday, pretty quiet today so far. Everything is quiet here this morning. So like I said, calm before the storm. We had a nice rally in growth here yesterday. And maybe it's not surprising that we get a little bit of a rally into the end of the quarter. We know we have money managers that obviously have a lot of growth names there. And there would be some incentive to try to get these prices higher for their March 31st reports to their customers. So um I think, you know, when you see this rally in Tesla, nice rally yesterday from 591 to 644. Um, so up over $50 from the lows. So the oversold uh, is bouncing here now. I think if you get a nice bounce into the close and it continues, I think you sell it. I think you sell the strength into the growth names. And, you know, maybe this is the opportunity. If you've got too much growth, maybe this is going to be the opportunity to lighten up. We keep talking about that. You know, we've seen it in the last month and a half. Every time we get a rally in the big growth names with the high PEs, it's been another selling opportunity, just as much as buy the dip was always winning in 2020. Sell the rip has always been winning here in the last 45 days. So I don't know if that story changes here. I don't think Tesla's just turning on a dime as the start of a new bull market. I tend to think that you're getting a little run up into the window dressing. And man, that's a nice selling opportunity. Maybe, maybe, and this is a scenario analysis, but maybe we get that strength into the close. And maybe that gets you out of a bad trade. What do you mean they? You know, you talk about the Money fund managers. Yeah, they, I mean, are they are they all on the same side though, or all going there's, against? There's each a lot other? of growth. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, Joel. There's a lot of people okay. who are stuck in growth, and there's a lot of money managers who are looking at their accounts, and they were way overweighted in growth, and they're looking and saying, "Oh, you know, this year has sucked so far." <laughs> um, you know, and I don't think it's like it's not collusion. It's just that um, overall, we, we we what we call window dressing. Um, you know, what we see at the end of the quarter is violent spikes in stocks. And 
sometimes it's people pushing price around. I mean, if you have institutional money managers, you know, not individual ones, maybe smaller, but, you know, as a whole, um, they can drive price. And sometimes they want to own certain stocks at the end of the quarter. Sometimes they want to sell certain stocks at the end of the quarter. So that can be influential as well. There's lots of different aspects to it. But I, I, I don't think it's coincidental that growth started to show life a day before the end of the quarter. When, it, you know, it's been not showing life here for the last you know, couple of weeks, really. I mean, you get these spikes. We've been getting spikes. But, you know, the trend, you know, on a stock like Tesla has clearly turned to the downside, at least in the last month and a half. So... I think you're still buying dips and selling rips. You're buying dips on stocks and uptrends. You're selling rips on stocks and downtrends. And I think Tesla is now, well, overall, if you go in the long-term monthly portfolio, yeah, it's still yeah. in an uptrend. So still to be determined. But, you know, talk about your Zooms and Pelotons, which have clearly started to form downtrends here. You got a nice spike in those here today. I think you'd use that opportunity to lighten up. That's just my opinion. I think I think don't you also have some options expiry, ex, uh, you know, quarterly options expiring today too? Some of those don't those on individual uh, stocks? Or I, I thought I weeklies saw the, I, well, the, the no, week. The no. weeklies will be tomorrow. I don't know anything of end of the quarter options. No, there's on individual no. stocks. Nothing. No indexes. So. No, not so. not to my knowledge. No. Okay. Well, maybe it'd be a good idea. Maybe, maybe there's a new product. Maybe you're going to create a new product <laughs> here, Joel. There you go. You can get rich right now. You can quit the show. Go create new end of end of the quarter option expiration. They got everything there's else. There's daily right? options. It seems they're on spy and stuff. So maybe right. you just need daily options on stocks. More money for the kitchen. <laughs> more money for everyone, except the option buyers. All right. Marcus, Marcus would like that. He likes writing his options. He'd like more yeah, options. Exactly. Uh, so where do we got to go? Not much on the earnings calendar. Well, there was. There was a couple really interesting ones. I mean, Chewy, I think, if you're going to go to earnings, you might as well wow. start with the one stock that everybody likes to trade. The one stock that was in the gutter. The one stock that started to show life yesterday ahead of the report. Again, buying these stocks ahead of the reports has worked well. But again, that was a growth trade, too. A rotation to growth was pretty much all day yesterday from the open to the close. Um, so it reports on the absolutely right day because growth started to get some love for five, six hours. Then you have a growth stock report and they're like, yeah, we're back. Dog food, hot again. What were the numbers? Well, just real quick. Uh, the chat, once again, has my back. Randy Tink says SPY quarterly options expire today. Okay. That was backed up by RFCCW949. Right. So I guess it's... <laughs> You guys are 0 and 2 so far today. There is always something expiring, anyways. Oh, okay. They always expire. There's always something expiring. (laughs) Thank you, chat, coming through in the clutch. All right. Uh, Chewy reported earnings last night. As Dennis mentioned, the numbers were good. Uh, Q4 adjusted EPS, they made 11 cents per share last quarter versus a 10 cent loss estimate. So either that number was adjusted or they just had a huge beat on the EPS print. Uh, did CHWY and the sales number? I'll give you that here as well. Uh, revenue two point oh four three billion dollars versus a one point nine six billion dollar estimate. So they beat the EPS number, they beat the sales number, and the stock is up as Dennis said in the after hour session or pre market session here. Uh, they gave some uh, EBITDA numbers as well. Everything was good. It was all the headline numbers were all good for Chewy, and I do wonder how much of this is. I don't want to say GameStop related, but like Ryan Cohen related, maybe. 
I don't know. Well, there is that relationship too, which you have to respect. And obviously, GameStop here it continues to hold up well. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm. It's a dog food online dog food company. It's hard for me to pay a ridiculous valuation, but you can't argue the company's done everything well. I mean, I didn't like the online bookstore back in the year 2000 either, and we know that turned. They turned that around. I was like, oh, online bookstore, that's going to zero. We lost the pet store. We lost this back in March of 2000. We'll probably lose the online bookstore too. Well, the online bookstore just had better systems and figuring it all out. Could Chewy be the Amazon of 2021, you know, going forward, that they start selling everything? It could be. There's probably going to be another one. Um, but I don't know. I'm not coming in here and buying it up 10 bucks. It's a tough chart uh, because you do have a lot of overhead supply coming up. You have a pre-market high of 90.37. You're still bid up there. So just on a daily basis, if you see this thing going through 90.37, man, there's a lot of stock to chew through here. But I'd give another target. Was that pun intended? Um, uh, no, it wasn't. It oh, wasn't. that was a good one, too. I thought you just <sighs> snuck that one in there, Joel. I thought you were thinking about that one all night there. <laughs> a lot of stock to chew through. It was a good one. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I, I had to interrupt. You're you trying to make though. a comeback now because you said there weren't quarterly <laughs> options. I they're not on stock. I trade stocks. <laughs> Stonks. Stonks. At, I at, trade stonks. You, you go through this pre-market high, then you, you want to see ninety-two eighty-seven. I mean, that's what the dailies are telling you. Uh, longer you take to get up to ninety-two eighty-seven, maybe you'll roll over. But I mean, I would actually, I'd be gunning for. If I was long, I'd say take out that pre-market high, get to ninety-two eighty-seven. I don't think we're going to get back half of this move today. If you start to roll over, boy, the yesterday's range. You're full of the puns. Chewing through, rolling over. <laughs> this is just the dog type of stock. Dog days for Joel here. He's so full of unintentional puns today. Do you want to treat, Dennis? <laughs> that one was intentional. <laughs> that, that was good. I All would right, say, if it comes back into, uh, obviously, the bottom of yesterday's range, or top of yesterday's range is, uh, one is 81.67, uh, but there's these three, four highs here. So if you come in, maybe you see some support at 87.5, 88. But that, that's just saying they don't take this out to the woodshed, you know, and just take profits, bring it all the way down. I so thought that's you'd say I'm... take it out to the doghouse. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. We need to get off, Chewy. Yeah. This early in the morning. I do want to note that it was their first quarter of profitability and it was an all time high in revenue, quarterly revenue for them. So it was their best quarter uh, in the company's history last quarter. So good, good job for Chewy. Let's go to Lulu. How about we go Lulu. to Lulu? Yeah. Lulu had earnings last night and they gave guidance as well. So Lulu's EPS, $2.58. That's what they made per share. Last quarter versus a two dollar and forty nine cent estimate sales also beat one point seven three versus one point six six billion dollars. They gave quarterly and fiscal year guidance. Uh, the EPS for the quarter came in above estimates. This is for the current quarter Q one. Sales guidance for the quarter also came in above estimates. EPS guidance for the year came in well above the estimate. They guided in the uh, mid six dollar range versus the mid four dollar range was the estimate, and their sales guidance for the year also came in well above the estimate in the mid five billion dollar range versus a four point three billion dollar estimate. So they came in above estimates across the board last night. 
I this is really tough. This is t- <laughs> it's a tough market right now. I know. That's just like these charts. Like we're at a turning point. Here's the biggest problem with all of the growth names. You know, even the value names. We're at these like crossroads, and they were oversold. And you know, are we trying to turn higher here, or is this just another bounce to sell in the growth names? And growth is going to go into the gutter for a while. We're really at the crossroads. I really want the information of what's going to happen in the close today too, because we know end of the quarter can be turning points for stocks. We've seen this before. Remember the biotechs back at the end of the first quarter in 2015 topped out. If you go back and you look at your XBI, you'll see it on the charts. And it, you know, was in, a, in, a, in the gutter there. You can see 2015 for a long time. We got up to $91 back. Maybe it was the second quarter, um, looking at the July. What are you and talking about now? I, I'm talking about the turn in the biotechs back on the, I think it was the end of the quarter. Were we end just of the month. talking about Lululemon? Yeah, how, how did we get on this tangent? Because... You're, I'm, I'm grouping Lululemon. I'm grouping it all into growth. Oh, okay. All of it's growth. They're all moving together. Lululemon. Okay, Lululemon the biotech. Lululemon seen as a growth stock, even right. though it's okay. reasonable. It's even though it's got a reasonable price. Like some of these don't have reasonable prices. Lululemon isn't super expensive. I mean, if it's making ten bucks a year, you know, it's trading 30, 35 times. It's not that bad. So it's not super expensive, but it's still seen as a growth stock. It's still lumped into all those. And I'm just saying on the quarterly expirations, you sometimes see terms overall. Okay. So I really want to know like what they're going to do here, you know, going after the quarter. They're going to start just turning them again or not. So it's hard to make a call on any growth name today. This is a tough day. So Lululemon after earnings, tough call. It's a coin flip. Uh, two things about Lululemon. One is I just can't see any upside in this stock until you take out 320, right? I mean, Big yeah, that, that's a huge, so I can't, I don't know if it's going up, down, or all around, but that's a major resistance. And since you're trading down uh, seven bucks here, doesn't look likely you're going to see that today. 270 to 320, 50-point move. You add twenty five onto that two ninety five three hundred. I don't. I don't think you're going to see that either today. Um, maybe even if it gets down into the lower three hundreds, I think you see buyers because of uh, of these three lows. So man, tough call. But I think if you're looking at this long term, you want to see this thing take out to three twenty. And I do have a confession to make. I think it was Uh-oh. over a, a year ago. Uh, I think pre pandemic, I bought a, a pair of pants there. And I haven't worn. I'm. I think I'm going to return them over a year. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I I think they're still in my closet. I don't know. You wear them on the Peloton? Uh, I haven't worn them at all. No, they're too heavy. I haven't worn them at all. I don't know. I don't know. I guess because I haven't gone anywhere. But uh, so I don't know if that's going to hurt their quarter. But 320 is huge. That's all I can say. Just if you're a long term trader in this, 320, if you feel like you missed the buy and it comes down to 295, 300, I'd be more inclined. 310, that's just in the middle of no man's land. I'll go with her technical analyst, Joel O'Connor, and not get it until this gets over 320. I'm with you. Okay. That's pretty much it. I mean, if you if you want to go to like Romeo or Power or whatever, or Metro Romeo is a fun story. Romeo, Romeo, where forth art thou, Romeo? No, it is in the gutter, forth. Romeo. Okay. You, you RMO, this was a SPAC at one time, correct? It was, and it's not anymore. So There's so uh, many SPACs that just are under attack. It seems like always. So their losses are widening. That's kind of the headline here. Losses, no, that's not good. losses widening. It's not. 
I don't know because like no one, no one who owns this stock is owning it because like for their profitability or you know what I mean. So uh, it's so early. I think most were just owning them because all SPACs were just going higher two months yeah, ago. It, it's early days. I, I don't know how much the numbers even matter. I don't think they do. Quite frankly, they seem to matter. It's down fourteen percent. the The low of the move. 842 that's your level that's your number that's all we got for you that's the all-time low we're talking about here so you know when stocks are making new all-time lows i always say you gotta go yeah just as much as you like owning stocks making new to all-time highs you don't want to own stocks making new all-time lows because new all-time lows beget newer all-time lows so 842 that's what lie in the sand if you want to come and take a flyer and say i think it's going to turn around you want to stop yourself up below 842. You never want to own stocks making new all-time lows. Someone, Someone's bidding it here. I mean, I don't know if it's an iceberg or what it is, but someone's bidding it. You had the 866 low. I mean, someone likes it here, 850 to 870. I have absolutely no idea why, but uh, that's, that's what it's looking like in the pre-market. Take out the low. Boom, then all time low. Not much. Is, what do they do? I, I, it doesn't even make any difference what they do. I mean, it's electric cars. Remember, guys. Uh, remember. Okay, we got. What do you say? What's going on, Rich? I'm sorry, it's battery. Hey guys, remember they could get some battery support. You know, one of the things that's been talked about is charging points and, and things like that. So let's see what support they get from the is government. Is that what Romeo today. does? Is charging points? It's, it's charging stations. It's battery. Battery. It's battery. Battery, battery partnerships with EVs. Keep Mitch on here for a second. How many charging station stocks are out there? There's like, I think like six or seven top plays, um, probably total plays. There's like eight or nine. Um, wow. And are we, Do we need nine different types of charging stations? I, I mentioned this on SPACs Attack. People are trying to pick winners in this yeah. industry, and that's very hard to do when you just don't have anything to go off of. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's going to be one or two that are probably going to be the players here, just the way this this stuff shakes itself out. So you get one, two, three major players, you get a couple minor players, and then you get a bunch of these stocks that will go off the board worthless. So that's usually how this stuff goes. So, you know, looking ahead a few years from now. So which ones are going to be the winners? Which ones are going to be the losers? I mean, do you have any idea, Mitch? Do you have a, a favorite? This was my favorite, and you can see how it went. <laughs> so Mitch is like, I'm out. <laughs> exactly. You got it. It's tough, man. This is this is new industry. We in this new EV industry, and you know we have a bazillion EV plays out there. They're not all going to materialize. We know Tesla's going to be a major player. I'm fairly confident General Motors and Ford are going to be major players. Am I confident in all of the other smaller players? No. So, you know, but some of them are going to be major players. Is Neo going to be a major player? It, 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 it already is a major player. So, you know, it's, it's got a, a step up. So maybe it is, um, you know, maybe, and that's had a nice rebound. That's a nice level down there at $35. But, you know, am I coming in and paying ridiculous valuations for hope? I don't know. So that's why I'm like, GM, I feel safe. Ford, I feel safe. I feel like valuation's reasonable. I feel like they're going to be major players. I still think you play, you're not going to get, you know, rich off of these stocks either. I mean, that's the problem too, is the market turns so greedy in 2020. Nobody's interested in making 25% a year or 20% a year. They want to make 20% a day. People will get more interested. You're damn good. <laughs> but they don't, that, that, that's not, Spencer, this is the way, you know, even I was taking yeah. heat on my glue mobile. You know, yeah. they got taken over. And they're like, well, how long did you have to hold that for before it got the 30% premium? People were saying that to me. 
Yeah. You know, like, okay, yeah, you had a good call that it got taken over and you were along the stock, but you were sitting there for six months and you only made 30% on your money. Oh, thirty percent in six months is pretty good, but apparently, in the greed of twenty twenty, it wasn't. So, yes. I mean, this was the market that we're dealing, and that just shows you the epic greed that was out there um, through twenty twenty, and then through the first you know month or so of twenty twenty one. So, I mean, now it's turned to a little more fear in some names. People say, "Oh, I can lose money, and this kind of sucks." You know, maybe I don't have it all figured out, but there's still some people that are doing very well. I mean, again, if you're a momentum trader and you've defined yourself as a momentum trader, trade the momentum when the trend breaks. Spinner's an excellent one. You know, Spinner and obviously our chat over at premarket.benzinga.com has been there for years with us. And, you know, he figures out and he's in the momentum names. And when the momentum breaks, he moves on. So, I mean, you know, and he's probably been playing the value names as of late, you know, because that's where the momentum has been. But if you're a momentum trader, be a momentum trader. Jeremy Newsom is a momentum trader. When the momentum breaks, when the charts, when the trend starts to break, it's time to get the hell out of the momentum trade and move on to the next one. If you're unwilling to take a loss, you'll eventually, this is inevitable. I've seen this because, you know, we've been prop. Joel, you've seen this too. We've seen thousands of traders through our prop firms. The, the same traders, you can pick them out almost on day one, the ones that are probably have a chance at success and the ones that have no chance of success. The characteristic trait of a trader that has no chance of long-term success is the trader that is unwilling to take a loss. Because if you're unwilling to take your losses, eventually you will get into a bear market and your whole portfolio will be full of red losers. So you have so many people, I've never had a loss. You know, they were saying this to me at the end of the year. I've never had a losing trade. Great, we're all in a bull market. Yeah. What happens when we get into an ugly market? Are you going to be willing to take that loss? Or have you learned bad lessons that eventually all stocks come back, all stonks go up? That's tough. I mean, I take my losses every single day. On my day trading stuff, I, I wipe a clean slate every single day. I get to zero, no positions. I take winners, losers out every day it's day trading i'm out you know this is overnight trading too but i'm out by 10 a.m i'm usually flat on everything on my day trading account and so but i take massive losers sometimes sometimes you have you know every single day i have losing trades every single day there's never a day i'm you know at 50 positions and i'm up on all 50 it never happens never 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 take your losers that's how you have longevity in this business is by cutting the losers and if you're a momentum trader and the momentum breaks and you're unwilling to cut the loser you're going to be left with a big loser at the end of it uh two points here uh off dennis's topic there but why don't we just table like all the discussions on batteries and charging stations until we actually have a few more cars on the road I mean, like everyone is like, okay, how many cars are out there? How many charging stations? And then I can't, I think it was Darren F said, well, what if these gas stations, they already got the property, they already got the setup, man, why don't they just put a couple extension cords out there? They already have the, ex- <laughs> you know, I mean. Well, it's a little more to it than that. Well, but, a little bit more uh, than that, but uh, come on. I mean. I mean, that's been the argument for Tesla, though, is that they've put in that infrastructure for their vehicles. And these Tesla charging stations are everywhere. So they're definitely ahead. They're definitely, you know, got the step up. I mean, there's so many things Tesla has done right. You know, we dog it because of the valuation. But Tesla, 
has done everything, a lot of things right. Yeah, we were making fun of them for charging, you know, people twice yesterday. Yeah, they've had some hiccups along the way. But credit where credit is due. They've, been an inc- they've grown an incredible business. The market just, I think, got stupid with the valuation. I still think it's stupid. But at the same time, man, these Tesla charging stations, they've built the infrastructure for their cars. They are out there. They are ready to go. They are so far ahead of the competition. Are they still going to be the major player going forward? I think that Tesla probably is going to be the lead, continue to be the leader in EV. It's just valuation that I couldn't wrap my head around. Otherwise, I would own the stock. I did own the stock. I had puts all written on it back when it was $100. You know, so I just can't wrap my head around it at $600. But um, just going back, you know, the charging stations, everybody else is trying to, you know, other, other markets, public markets are trying to, you know, fix that problem and get the charging stations. There was nine, 10 companies working on it. Tesla already has their charging stations. They're out there. They're once again ahead of everyone on this. So... It's not just as easy as throwing up an extension cord. That's where I started. Okay. All right. All right. Two extension cords. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a big one. Well, there's not that many. No, but everyone's really talking about big. the batteries. Everyone's talking about this. And it's like, how, like, what is the total of electric vehicle cars on the market today, right now? How many people? I don't know. If you, if you, if you drive an electric car, put a one in the chat. I, I, I'm sure that you see, there's no one put a one in there. There's no one, there's no one driving these <laughs> they things. Give them a chance, yeah. Who drives an electric car? Joel, you got to give him like a second to like, there's like a five. Okay, look at that. There's not one person. I think we all agree. There's a delay in the stream. There's like a five second delay. Look how many ones. I think we all agree that the market, we're not arguing the market isn't going electric. I don't think you're not arguing that either. This market's going electric. Joel's arguing for no cars at all. I know, I know. But you know what? If we're all going virtual and we're going to live in our virtual homes, do we need uh, – who's coming up with a virtual car, by the way? That would be a good idea. Let's come up with virtual cars. I'm sure. And you drive around your virtual car. I just gave away a billion-dollar idea right here on Pre-Market Prep Live right now. Virtual cars. Virtual homes are selling for six hundred grand. We need more virtual cars. I want to drive my virtual car. All right. Something else that we should mention also. Wait, no, 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 no. This is on the same topic of, like, we're getting an infrastructure announcement today, right, from the president. Um, he's going to announce, uh, like a good drill, like a $2 trillion plan. Uh, we have some idea of what's in it, but we don't know exactly until they say, um, the second largest, I believe what is the second, no third largest, uh, component of this plan as has been reported is electric vehicle incentives. Okay. That, uh, estimated $174 billion, um, in EV incentives, that's according to the New York Times. Uh, so that that's part of this too. Is is this we're getting this bill, this infrastructure plan today, and yeah. EVs are 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 not are not just a part, but a big part of that bill. So you got to factor that in into in, into. There could could there be a run up in the head of that? I think you saw it with solar too, Spencer. Didn't didn't you see it in the solar stocks? You know, and this is an infrastructure play too, to a certain extent, especially with Biden. Wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I don't know how I haven't seen solar mentioned too much in the in the proposal. Uh, again, we don't we don't know. I just think it's, it's Biden. I think EV, I think solar, you know, obviously you got your traditional, you well, know, well, like, okay, so if, if you go back to election day, you can say, yeah, we had like a huge run up from election day, like in, in the tan, right? On, yeah, right. Uh, so was that a little bit, um, it was the market a, a, a little bit ahead of, a, ahead of itself, maybe, maybe 
in hindsight. Well, and now you've had this significant pullback. Like yeah. the stocks that I bought, so obviously I still am buying some so-called growth names. I bought First Solar. We know that on the March yeah. dip down. I don't ever usually get that close to the bottom. I bought at 73. I guess it went down to 68, so I didn't get that low. But it's 87 here this morning. I mean, um, there, you know, Marvel Technologies, another one, 5G. I mean, think about the stories that can go for it. Solar's not going away. EV's not going away. But I'm not playing ridiculous valuations for EV. But you look at Marvel Technologies with a 5G, taking away from infrastructure just for a second. I mean, it can go with the infrastructure story, too. I mean, think about your stories going forward. What is going to be the driver of 2021? You know, crypto is not going away. I think the NFT thing is not going away, even though I think it's crazy. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, we're still going to have spending. There's still going to be stimulus. Infrastructure bills coming. I mean, we're are we getting to a reopening? Potentially. So I think you use all of those stories and then you pick the stocks that are reasonably priced for those stories. Now, don't just buy anything. You got to look up to the reasonably priced stocks. That's why, you know, I didn't pick on some of the higher solar names that are, you know, priced crazy. Right, uh, the high valuation. So that's a more value play in the solar sector. So I don't know. That's the way I'm playing it. But yeah, what about infrastructure plays? I mean, there's yeah. Do you see X yesterday? X had a hell of a day. The steel. That's a good. That's a good call on infrastructure. Yep. Yep. I mean, NUE has been on monster. NUE is like the top performing stock in my long term portfolio. I told you not to sell it at seventy. I didn't sell it. I I taught you out of it. I taught you out that for one thing, I taught you out of selling something. You did good for me. I thought because I wanted to sell it at seventy. You did. You did. And then Kramer is relentlessly pumping it every night, so that helps it as well. Um. I don't know. It's come to 82 now. I almost think it could go to 100. I'm talking my book here. I've been in this uh, for like a decade, though. It's been, like, let's call it, this has been a dog for me, though. Like, it's finally this dog is barking. But this NUE, yeah, I've got a 2% dividend along the way. But you know, this really has gone nowhere for a decade. So could this be the start, you know, of, a, you know, steel? I mean, X has come back a long ways from the lows, too. You want to go to the European MT is the big play over there. And that's been a monster too. So I, I mean, this is a pure play on in, in infrastructure as well. A lot of pent up demand too, because of, you know, the slow year in construction in 2020 things getting back. So uh big, big reversal here for X. That was a big day for it yesterday. Actually has had, whoo, man, look at that four day run higher, hot. Look at that opened up at the they opened up at the low and closed at the high. Boom, boom again. So look for if you're looking to take profits in that one, look for, look for a little chink in the armor, maybe a lower high, which it doesn't look like it's going to have today, or maybe use that highest low of the move, which is you know just under 24. Just move that up and get taken down on, on uh, some downward momentum instead of trying to pick the top. When are we getting the news on the infrastructure? Do we have a time? Today. No, Today. I know, but do we have a time? Hey, oh, do we have a time? That's a good question. Because, oh, like, if you're trading I, all these names, know, is, this, is this a matter of, like, buying ahead of the event? Yeah. I yeah. wish I would have been thinking about it. This was a classic buy ahead of the event. So is this going to be, like, a buy on the rumor, sell on the news event? I mean, if you're coming in and buying these infrastructure stocks now, you're probably doing it backwards. So, like, U.S. Steel has run for five days in a row from 1861 to 26 and it probably is not coincidental that this stock in full disclosure i do have a trading position on an x as well um it's small it's really small um but is it not the case where we've seen this run up ahead of the event 
and it could potentially this could Here, be a sell no, on the news event. Hey, I'm I'm looking at his official schedule right now. So 4:20 p.m. Eastern. Oh, after the okay. So be careful on my after hours trading. Um, sorry. Yeah, I'd be careful chasing them here. They they've run a long ways. It's been a great play. Like I said, I own Newcore. I own some of these things. Um, but if you're just in these for trades, I'd almost think about locking it in before that news. Partial. Be one of those. Or, or sell part of it. Yeah, I think so too. Just their opinions. Uh, so I mentioned I mentioned the EV incentives uh, as a big part of the uh, proposed plan. Uh, other big parts worth noting: affordable housing is going to be a big part of it. Two hundred thirteen billion dollars uh, is what that could cost. That part of the plan. Roads and bridges is a big part of the plan. One hundred fifteen billion dollars going towards that, and uh, four hundred billion. This is the largest aspect: four hundred billion dollars to expand uh, in-home care and benefits to to seniors and those with disabilities. So you can look at. Uh, stocks like BKD, maybe right Brookdale Senior Living. Uh, this maybe maybe a stretch, maybe not. I don't know. Brookdale uh, Senior Living. Uh, yeah. If if they're, if they're gonna give money uh, to uh, nursing homes, yeah, that's what that that's what that means. That, that's what like senior. That's what uh, like that part of the plan is for is for mm-hmm. uh, to increase support for uh, caregivers and those in, in senior living homes. So like a, a well tower, W E L L or Brookdale senior living. Maybe sure. there are a bunch of those kinds of socks. Um, UH stuff we don't think about too. Y- I mean, yeah. You, you, I wouldn't have thought of Brookdale senior living. That one wouldn't have been on my radar. What's the symbol on that one? BKD. BKD. UHS is one. Uh, so hey, the, the, the largest individual aspect of this plan, again, proposed plan is the, Support for in-home care, uh, not or, or or senior care. Senior care uh, is is what I would call it. Um, so I don't know. That could be a stretch. I could be off base there. But Aaron Morris. We don't know though. Aaron Morris is saying Teladoc for in-home care. Maybe, maybe. I think Teladoc is just hope. Oh, but, oh, um... although, although here, 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 I could be way off base uh, because here, this is from Crazy Clan in the chat. Uh, it actually could be the other way, right? If it, if it's support for in-home care, that would be a negative for those types of senior living communities. So I, I think I the know. point here and Spencer, you're making a good point too, is there's going to be winners and losers when we get the actual infrastructure bill coming in and that's going to shake out. So we don't know all the details coming in. What's where the money's going to go specifically. Obviously we're going to get more details on it, but there's going to be like winners and losers here. There's going to be some stocks getting hit too, that maybe there was expected some money to go this way and it's not going that way. So I think, you know, I, it's not like everything wins here, right? Right, exactly. It is. Yeah. That's not. That's not how this is going to go. So we can all, we can all speculate, you know, what's in there, but we don't know yet. Well, for ninety four twenty, how about that? So that's good. Plan. All right, Sean Udall is supposed to be joining us. He um, said he's there. He said he's backstage. Mm, no, he's not. Let me. Um, back stay. Uh, okay, backstage. Don't see show playing yeah. now. Let me, you know what? Here, let's. I'm gonna email. Tell him I'm gonna email him right now. There's a slight, slight chance I sent him the wrong link. Oh, <laughs> oh he's on an old show. That, 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 would old user, show. that would be user error if that happened. I did that once. Oh. I was backstage sitting and I was on the wrong, like the, a show that had already played. Oh, tell him I just tell him I just shot him an email. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Sorry about that. Show. Way to go, Spencer. Sorry about that if you're listening, but again, he's not because he's trying to get on. Micron <laughs> earnings tonight. Yes. Ooh. Reminder, everyone. Micron raised their guidance uh, on, was it March 3rd? 
I think it was March 3rd. Yeah, it was March 3rd. Uh, they were presenting at the conference and they raised their specifically their Q2 guidance, right? Uh, like as in the, the current their current quarter because the, the their fiscal quarter is uh, is they're reporting for their Q2 today. Yeah, they're kind of they're a little bit off, right? Right. So so they raised guidance for this current for the quarter they're reporting for back early in March. Uh, so expectations are high. Ooh. So. This was, you know, I almost, I've screwed up this stock so badly because I was so bullish Micron back at 35, 40, 50. Um, and I was in it, out of it, trading it. And then I started trading it in my long-term portfolio, which you never want to start doing. You know, I was like, oh, I'll just keep trading this between right. 40 and 50. And, you know, you're trying to scalp money in there. Now I've watched last, the, the thing, I, I sold my last shares around like 48 or $49 back in summer of last year. And I've watched this thing go to 87 without me, even though I was bullish the stock. So. Trading your long-term portfolio, you got to try to separate it. I struggle with that. I've struggled with it for 21 years where you start looking and you start like, oh, I think, you know, I can time this better. I think I can get a better entry. And sometimes you just, the best stuff in my long-term portfolio is the stuff like I just never touch. And um, if I wish Micron, it was one of my core holdings and I wish I wouldn't have sold out of it. I sold out of it thinking it was going to have another rollover and it did not. That's been straight up ever since. So I'm just mad at myself, disgusted at myself that I no longer own this. Great. I got a great level for you guys. Whether or not Dennis had it in his portfolio, sold it or whatever. 88, <laughs> 88 and a quarter. Uh, boom. That was your high. Two-day high. Three-day high. 88.14. Halfway back of this move from whatever, 96 to 80. Boom. 88's right there. That's your level. You take that out. You hold that level. You're going back up to that old-time high. Uh, just important. Or even if you go above it today and you zig and you zag and you just kind of hold in there, you don't take out that uh, that 85 low. Uh, just great number there. Whether you want to trade an intraday after the number or for the next two weeks, All it's right. a real good number. We've got Sean Udall here. My apologies, Sean, for directing you to the wrong place. Sean Udall is CIO of Quantum Trading Strategies. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Benzinga. Ah, we always love the Sean. Good morning here. We love hey, the video actually, with Sean. It too. actually worked that time. You got some <laughs> NFT art behind you? Is that NFT art? You, you know, know it's not out? because because <laughs> I, I I don't know if I'll ever buy NFT art. But you know, I may have been on the show at one point years ago and said I'll never buy Bitcoin, and. I have never bought Bitcoin, but I have bought stocks that have gone up as Bitcoin has gone up and they've also gone down. But so anyway, I, I can't I can't say I'm a Bitcoin purist anymore. I, I'm I'm now been tainted by the evil that Bitcoin is. <laughs> we all got turned eventually here. I used to hate Bitcoin too, and then I wanted to wear a shirt that I said I love Bitcoin. I'm not belong Bitcoin. Here. Well, I mean, I still effectively think it's worth zero. I well, mean, it is. It yeah, is kind of worth zero, fundamentally. It's, it, it's a completely made-up thing that now people believe has value. But I guess if it has value long enough and if it's adopted. Now, remember, I've always been a blockchain bull in a Bitcoin. Eh. So blockchain is finding lots of new applications, which is incredibly interesting. So it's yeah. still very, very nascent, nascent in its time. Anyway, you were talking long-term, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I don't know where you guys were going with that because I, I came in late. We don't but, know where we're going with it half the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, but you said you struggle with how do you balance long-term short. Honestly, I think that's probably one of the hardest things to do 
especially to do well. Um, I, I think that. I'm pretty good at it, but because I kind of distinctly try to keep things in two buckets, but it does mix and you do look at things and you're like, wait, I was never going to sell this. And now it's at a 30% drawdown. And then there's something else that you said you're never going to sell. And you sold it five years ago and it's up 300% from where you sold it. So that, you know what, there's, there's no such thing as trading perfection, period. I mean, that's maybe, you know, what you got to look at is just doing your best you can. Like I try to keep it separate. I mean, but like I got the long-term account and the, but the best things in my long-term account are the stuff that I never looked at. I just kind of stuck with it. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to stick with those. And then it seems like it's hard to get to that point though. It's like, I put something in long-term account and then it goes up 30% in a week. And you're like, well, that was just ridiculous. I'm just going to take yep. that gain. And then, you know, pulls back, maybe you timed it right. And you pulled back a little bit, but then it just blows and keeps going and going and going. It's like, why did yeah. I ever sell that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I just think you got to pick parts and do that. You know what I, what I have done, and I don't know if this is something you guys talked about much. I actually took a few of my long-term positions and actually started writing calls on them late last year, pretty aggressively. And I'm a call writer, but, but I'm not like, it's not like the only, I'm not a dedicated call writer. I'm basically a volatility call writer, Dennis, you'll know, and Joel. So when volatility spikes big and call premiums become rich, I definitely write calls. The rest of the time, it's really, really selective. But when the whole market, when call premiums exploding on the whole market, and you can, I mean, I, uh, Stone Co., remember I've talked, I've, I said I'm never going to sell that, never going to sell out of it, I should say, S-T-N-E. Yeah. Uh, I collected as much as like 14 bucks, I believe, on an 80 or a 70, might have been a 77.50 just recently. And, you know, the stock was probably about 82 at the time or 79 at the time. Anyway. Yeah. There's, there's companies I have in my portfolio that I've added 20, 30, 40% of total value to, you know, versus the current stock price in probably a three to a five month period of time. So that, right that doesn't occur all the time, but, but when you get that kind of call right in environment, I, it, it's, it's, it's excellent. So do you, ever, do you take any of the, do you ever take the, any of the proceeds and buy puts with it? I, gener I generally don't. I can't say I never have because I have, but especially if you're getting that much premium, that's because you're only protected. Head. You're only like if you sold. I mean, you. I mean, I don't have to tell you if you sold no. the eighty call at at seven bucks. Well, you're covered, right, to seventy three. But after seventy three, you're kind of hanging in the wind. So yeah, but how I would look at it is, I'd never look at one call right as a as a distinct thing. So I kind of say, okay. okay, this is the fourth time now I've written calls. I and I should keep track I of gotcha. this. I don't, but I but I sort of say, look, I mean, here's here's one SPG Simon Properties, own it from fifty five. Uh, I, I've definitely collected 25 to 30 points of call premium. So if you start looking, so, so I kind of look at it kind of on a per annum basis, I think would be the best way, but anyway, don't want to get to it, but, but, yeah. but that does help you. My main point was that helps you keep long-term positions longer. If you, if you're collecting good call premium and I, I don't care at all that Stein's gone from 90 to 60 bucks. Cause I'm more, I, I covered a huge portion of that drop. And now I kind of like the stock. I don't know if I'd buy it here yet, but in fact, I got in Twitter debate not too long ago. Somebody, I said, look, somebody was touting it like 85 or something. I said, it doesn't matter how much I love that stock. There's no way in hell I'd buy it at 85 because I bought it in the twenties. 
So there's just, there's no way I'd buy, but that doesn't mean I'm selling it. But there's no way I'd buy it here anyway. What about uh, I want to ask you? I want to ask you a, a former darling that you had and had a big run up, and now it's uh it's pulling back. Uh, Redfin, is this uh this guy had the big run? I remember you talking to the Simon yeah. Dean when it was in the twenties or the thirties. Had the run up almost triple digits coming back down. Uh, you still in? You want to get back? I know you probably sold it a little bit too early, but what do you think of holding this $60 level moving forward? No, I, I actually like it. It's still, still in, uh, you know, I publish a top 20 list. Haven't changed it much lately, but it's still one of my top 20 names, as is something like an ESTC or a Micron or whatever or Qualcomm. But the, the, whole, the whole thing with, with Redfin is, and, and I would say this is the most important thing, and this is the thing I keyed on, the TAM is massive. So TAM is total addressable market. The TAM is massive. I still think they're super underpenetrated to their TAM, where, you know, we saw some companies like, I don't let's let's may, maybe mention a snow or something. We, we probably saw some companies come out and basically trade to kind of their TAM, which, you know, a company's only going to capture a certain percentage of total TAM. And we saw some companies basically trade to basically the TAM. So again, bubble, bubble valuations. Do so you determine no, I, your own TAM or is that, how do you come up with that? Figure? I probably use a little bit of my own, but a lot of times companies kind of talk about their total addressable market and various presentations, investor report, you know, th that's something they usually publish via industry info. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know if Redfin, though, has ever published a, a definitive TAM. I mean, the TAM is basically the real estate transaction market. So I don't, I don't even know if you can really measure it, to be honest. Is it a trillion-dollar TAM? It's massive. So, so that, that's, that is, I mean, single biggest thing, you could love Zillow or you could hate Zillow the whole time. Basically, Zillow has, has been a TAM expansion story. So every time the stock has has crashed, it's been a really good buy. What do you think uh, about it, that now? Yeah, I mean, that has crashed. It's better. I like Redfin better. And honestly, I like Open. I like Open a lot better. And Open's, Open's actually dropped a lot more percentage-wise off of highs um, than either of those two have. But yeah, no, Redfin, I don't – it's hard for me to buy some. Man, I was buying Redfin. Again, 15 to 20. So my cost basis was somewhere in there. By the way, I still have some. Uh, it's one of my larger positions in one of my IRA accounts, but I, but I did, I, I, you know, that was one I actually didn't sell too early. Um, I maybe sold a piece of it here and there, but those were probably trades, but no, I, I, I like it. I think it's fine. Uh, I, the, the one I would say is probably my next red fin. It's going to be a multi-year developing story is root R O O T and root has been a very controversial name. R O root. Who just came out? With, who, who just came out talking about Ruth? Andrew Left? That was that Andrew, Andrew Left, Left. Sean? Yeah, yeah. 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 In fact, he, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of names I'm on that he eventually hits upon. Uh, I can't say they're all, but all of them. But there there is a lot of them. You know, he he tends to be you know, put it this way, his long ideas have definitely been getting better over the years, and I think he's made a good strategic move. Didn't he post something? I don't. I'm not a huge follower of his. But he posted something that he didn't see much on. That he wasn't going to do the shorts. He was going to go to focus on longs or well, something. That's because he was getting run over. Because okay, his, you know, he was always posting a short video, and then people were like running the stock on him. 
so he was getting caught, you know, squeezing yeah. himself really by publishing his. Out so his therefore, you can't play that game. You can't, but, but you anyway, can't play. So... I'm going to short the stock, then tell everybody I short the stock and hope it goes down because it starts That's going right. the other way. <laughs> you sell, they short the stock, and then it starts going up because the Reddit traders attack them. <laughs> well, but how many years did he feast on? He would post it and then probably cover into the post, right? Uh, because he, the stock would be a, dropping a ton on a Andrew on a Citron short call. He had a 20 year so, in there where it works. So. I was. Whatever. Yes, yeah, ex- exactly. But anyway, so my my his thesis on roots and again, I think this is a, a the TAM is the auto insurance industry. Well, it's bigger than that over time, but you have a huge TAM. It's very underpenetrated. You don't have much AI pricing of insurance. Insurance is arguably overpriced for most people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. You know, it's going to be a weird stock. People don't really understand insurance math. I actually worked for a lot. I did risk management for one of the larger insurers, so I understand insurance math. You know, you have direct premium, earned premium, net written premium, you know, policies enforced, blah, blah, blah. Very few people understand insurance math. So now you have high-tech entering insurance. And again, what was Redfin? You had high-tech enter in Zillow. You had high-tech enter an old market that was not disrupted by technology. It's a long term. It's a pretty easy call. Short term, it's going to be bumpy. Put it that way. So, are you in the route right now? I am. I am. That's like what it. I, I. It's interesting, just because you know you got Sean Udall now, you got Andrew left, and I think you guys do your homework too. And I like to ride other people's homework as well. So when you get obviously, you know, we have had Michael Pactor, and you know he says he likes the stock. So I just wrote root down on my uh, sheet here to do a little bit of homework myself. Yeah, it, interesting. Again, the, you can't. But the, you know, I also like things that you can trade. And the one thing I'm, you know, when Redfin was hated, and it was hated, and Joel remembers it was hated. Uh, it was a good trader, and it, it it wasn't like it ever collapsed. I mean, even the Corona low. In fact, the Corona low might have been its all time low, but the stock had actually started acting pretty good pre Corona, and then lo and behold, f- a few months into Corona, Redfin actually was a huge benefactor of of Corona, which I don't think was expected at all. I didn't expect it at the time, but a- anyway, it's a very interesting, it, very very interesting. But anytime I can find a massive TAM. A technology disruption, underpenetrated TAM. I don't know. I'm trying to remember if I've ever lost, like, I'm not saying I've I made money right away, but I'm trying to remember if I've ever, like, just flat out lost money on one. I don't think I have. Usually it's a, if you can hold them long enough through market corrections and crashes, you get paid really, really well. But it's hard. Most A lot of people can't hold stuff that long, either mentally or just financially. We're Any other specs? Yeah, no, no, I'm here. I'm oh, here. I'm just looking at the chat there. Um, I was talking, but I was on mute, so y'all couldn't hear me. Oh, Everybody's what were you talking. saying, Spencer? No, I was saying we're on we're showing Udall, the CIO of Quantum Trading Strategies. You can find him on Twitter at Udall Tech Strat. And there was a couple questions from chat, but I, I want to give give Joel uh, the floor because I, I, we. I, uh, someone's asking here. Had you been doing any coverage of Clover CLOV? Uh, yeah, I you know that's probably been one of the more disappointing SPACs. Uh, I can't say I I'm out of it because I'm not. I have some. It's a small position. I, I frankly all my SPACs are small positions because I think I own eighteen to twenty of them. So I, I don't have a a concentrated bet in any. They keep getting smaller on us too. I've got a few of these too. They keep getting smaller. <laughs> they they. I was gonna say and they, and they w- w- so formerly, but I don't know. You know, I mean, I own. I, I still like skills a lot. I own that from twelve, 
Is it possible I round trip it? It is, but I'm not going to round trip the full position because I already made quite a bit of money on uh, the, you know, the first couple pieces oh, I had. So you know, if you sell, hey, if you just keep if you buy if you own half, sell half, and you triple your money on half. Do you really care if the other? I mean, you don't want to round trip it, but I don't. I mean, I'd, I'd be a buyer of it at twelve if it went to twelve. But so, what was the one you were asking? Um, Clover. Uh, here's the problem: when everything, when everything crashed, Spacs have crashed. So here's oh, yeah. the problem: Clover looked great when Skills was still thirty-two. Now, I, well, great used be great as a relative term, but on rel. So, or or, or uh, when Romeo was twenty or thirty, uh, I think I, I would buy Romeo over Clover. But I would probably wait and sh let Romeo show you a low, because they kind of shocked Wall Street last night. Um, but this is a venture stage. I think most people are not used to investing in VC stage companies. The beautiful thing about SPACs is you get a chance to buy VC stage growth. The ugly thing about SPACs is you get to see how lumpy that growth is in real time. Yep. The private investors, they don't care. They, they don't care if one, they don't care about quarterly earnings and things like that. Hey, once a company is a publicly traded company, every quarter is going to be a huge price discovery moment, right? So if you're supposed to do, God, I try to remember, well, they were supposed to do about 100 mil, 120, let's say for the year, they're going to do 18 to 40 million for the year. Does this affect long-term backlog, opportunity, technology? No, but you, you had some pretty shaky analysts on that call last night. So you know, in fact, I wrote to my subscribers last night saying, I'm going to, Romeo could echo BE. Do you guys remember BE? In fact, there was a short report on BE as low as three, I think. They said to short it at three, might have been 350. It went a little lower. BE went to 40 bucks here in the Halcyon days of a few weeks ago. I think Romeo could set up long term very similar to a BE. So BE did go to five, and then it, it again had a, a unbelievably somebody said it was a short down there, went to three, whatever. You guys could pull up a chart, but the bottom line is the stock's been incredibly good. Romeo is a harder call because their revenue base is not as proven. They they're they have a great backlog, but now they're not getting fuel cells. So if they can't get fuel cells, they can't make their product and sell the product. So you know, you're going to have a lot of lumps and bumps. And Joel, you and I talked about this. I mean, we, I don't know if we predicted this, but we just said there's going to be a lot of SPACs that drop 35 to 50%. We didn't, I don't know if either one of us thought it was going to happen in three to four weeks, but it's basically what happened. Yeah. What about one more um, that everybody continues to talk about and is pumped continuously by Kramer is BFT, which is now PaySafe. They just converted PSFE is the new symbol in there as of today. Um, some people are saying it's a value play, so I want to talk to my value tech stock. I don't know. At all. What do you think of PaySafe? I do like it. I do like it. I've owned it. I, but the first day it was announced, I believe it was in the 11s, and that's where I bought most of mine. Uh, you still own it? You do own it? I do. Still own it. Uh, probably own two-thirds of it. Um, P Simple me. Simple PSFE now. It yeah. was BFT, but it changed today. Yeah. So, so Dennis, are they rating the symbol change? Because that's usually. PSF. By the way, I, I did buy some of that. Was it three Fridays ago now? P it's all seventy-five. PS. PS. Man, I'm so dyslexic. PS. Okay. Hey, just think, pay safe. I forgot think to take my bill this morning. So here, here would be a trade on this. If they, if they raid the ticker change of the next day or two, 
It could be another. It could be another trade, another buy. Sometimes but I do. I like this. The ticker change is what you're saying. Yeah, if they 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 did they did this with another one recently. They basically had a ticker change and it dropped like twenty or thirty percent. So so anyway, I think I do like it. I I think this is. I would say this. This is a more stable. This will probably be less likely to miss. They know the Wall Street game. If I'm not mistaken, they've been public before. Part of the company was public before. But I, I, I here's the thing about payments. I think people forget because a lot of payment stocks have have really run. Yeah. But payments, in effect, is a reopen trade. So the question is, have they front? But this this one hasn't. Like Square has front loaded a ton of reopen, right? Uh, Visa, Mastercard, they haven't been hit. But there have been some payment like EEFT, European payments play, was really hit by Corona. It's come yeah. up a lot. I don't know. I kind of like these payments plays. I think they'll 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 be relatively strong. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I, I put it this way: I like it as much as I like probably any SPAC. I don't know if I have. I would put any SPAC in the category of a of a Qualcomm, but not even close. But you still a, like a Qualcomm I like. up here? I do. In fact, well, Qualcomm has actually put in a really nice correction. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It was one I would say, did it really deserve the amount of downside? The other thing I like about Qualcomm is it started going down kind of before the whole market did. And then lately, when the market's been acting terrible, Qualcomm's been going sideways. So I actually think the chart's developing nicely. Yeah, I think they have a good runway in front of them. Ooh, that one once it clears one thirty five, that's what I'm. That's sticking out like a sword. I mean, thumb. I think it can trade two hundred to two fifty. You've been on that one, man. He's Remember been bullish he's, been, he, yeah. he's been bullish that one. I had a one thirty three target when it was fifty five, and then I had a one sixty five target, I think, or one sixty target when it was about seventy five eighty. Eh, I, I don't. I haven't formally put a new target, but I think my next target's going to be some something north of two hundred on it. And what's that based on? Uh, pretty much just just valuation, price to sales, price to PE. I mean, they. I mean, in fact, I think at two hundred, I don't even know if it'd be a fifteen PE on really? out year. Yeah, yeah, they make huge EPS. They're they're probably one of the they're they're definitely in the bottom third of valuation on price to sales for all of semis. They might even be like bottom two deciles on valuation. So. Uh, and they have very high margin. I mean, it's just uh, uh, it, it's not Intel cheap, but it's pretty darn cheap for what. Let's they talk are. Intel for a second. Let's talk sure. Intel. Let's talk Intel. They did. You had talked a little bit about uh, uh, you know the chip shortage, building right, uh, building a factory. The kind of following mm -hmm. your game plan. How, how long is this going to take? Is this going to, is this something that you're going to sit with this one for a while or you expect? Yeah, a I don't really. Soon? Any yeah, time I, frame? I'd say two, two to three quarters. I think it could be sniffing a hundred, something like that. I, I could see this one going to 125, 150. Um, I think, I think, you know, people forget about things like that's very knowable, like things like cycles, chip leadership, but the funniest thing about Intel was one of their best strategic assets, in my view, is the fact they can build chips. They're one of the better foundries on the planet. Now they're having a little trouble with seven nanometer blob, the transition of that. But if you need somebody to build hundreds of millions of transistors and semiconductors, Intel has proven they can, they can do it and they've been doing it for decades. And arguably, if they build new fabrication facilities, they're going to be some of the best in the world. So 
but but people were literally saying Intel should divest of manufacturing of chips, outsource that, and blah blah blah. That was like the dumbest thing I heard, and pretty much that was the close to the bottom on the stock. And and I even wrote, I said, look, Intel, if one of the best assets they have is the fact they can build chips, what if they just start outsourcing and become a foundry? Well, wait, isn't that what they just announced a couple of weeks ago? That now we have this this multinational, the multinational chip shortage. And oh, by the way, Intel has a good propensity to fill the gap. So anyway, we could go on and on and on about how stupid what about people AMB? were on Intel. What about AMB? Well, AMD had a technology lead, speed lead. Uh, They've been, put it this way, AMD's been in cycle while Intel's been out of cycle. But Intel out of cycle is still doing 73, 74, 75 billion a year in revenue. It's not not like they're missing. What what Intel missed is the communication semi-run. They basically messed up on mobile phones. Now, they can't really get that back, but they can win in other ways. Intel's also very strong in IoT, by the way. So they got IoT, they got PCs, they got core chips, et cetera. But I think what's going to happen is they have new chips coming. I think they're, they're going to they're get back to being very competitive, maybe even take the speed leadership away from AMD again. And I think that they'll, they'll be, there's a very high probability that they'll, they will be in cycle while maybe AMD goes out of cycle. And if that happens then my price target Intel is really almost dumb. It's probably way too low and really conservative. What are they going to so do? I'll, with I'll that? deal with that when it comes. Go ahead. I mean, they are they going to do something with that Mobileye? Dennis has mentioned that a few times. That, I mean, you know, they, they, Mobileye's out there. It's working. It has sales. I think you know, it was probably a big overpay. When when did they buy Mobileye? 2012 or 13 or something? Uh, I thought it was a little bit after that. Yeah, they probably overpaid. But again, very good assets, very good technology. You know, maybe what they should do is maybe sniff around some of these SPAC LIDARs that have gone, that have now round tripped and are back to 10 bucks. Some of them are lower than $10. Um, you know, but that that is the one thing they could clean up. Why, why, now they, they are a backer of several of those, but why didn't they, why didn't, the, why don't they just own a few of those companies, right? Why didn't they buy those companies when they were, when they were cheap anyway they intel let, let's just say this if they just invest their cash flow better it's kind of like apple way back when if they just invest their cash flow better they can basically grow their revenues by an extra five six seven percent a year and become a very consistent revenue growth story so i think they just got to clean up their m a a little bit but no i think they're going to come in cycle i think iot is very strong for them they're not really in mobile devices much that's okay there's plenty of other chips to sell so, yeah, no, I think, again, it was, you know, I, I'm not buying the stock now, but it's not, it's probably 10, 10 to 12 points above where I was buying most of it. Uh, Sean, I want to ask you about a stock that we were asked about very early on in the show, uh, not on the value side of things, but DocuSign. Have you, have you looked at that? Yeah, I mean, once upon a time, I owned it. Um, I, again, that's just kind of one of those bubble software stocks that I just don't think sets up very well right now. Um, I arguably should have been short me, like probably Dennis and Joel shorts got tough. So I haven't done a ton of shorting. Um, I'm more just sell stuff and go to cash instead of trying to short. That would have been a beautiful short off of recent eyes. Um, yeah, I just think the opportunity is not that great. Very good company, but, but if you, you know, here's the thing, if you like that, there's, there's other things you can buy. Um, 
you can buy JFrog, which I which I bought yesterday and I bought it 47 uh, a couple weeks ago. You can buy ESTC, which I was buying 45. I was probably buying as high as 65 to 70. Hey, that's, that's come down a lot, man. 170 to 105, 170 to 110. That's arguably my, that's probably my favorite uh, growth, growth software company. If I had to pick one, which, which I don't, uh, Big Commerce, Big C would be another name I think is vastly superior to a DocuSign. So if you just hunt around, you can find companies with good growth that are trading at probably a 75, 80% discount to a DocuSign. So that's, so I, I'm not short it, but I, I it's kind of like Stein, as much as I like Stein long-term, S-T-N-E, Stone Co. As much as I like that at 80 bucks and higher, there's no way I'm going to buy it. So you put a DocuSign in, in Big oh, C in, this, in the same uh, basket? Yeah, it's basically high, you know, it's basically high growth software. Okay. So you some high growth software you can buy for reasonable multiples. Okay. And other high growth software you have to pay 2099 type multiples. So why would you why would you pay a 99 multiple? when you can buy a company with a similar growth rate and pay a 2014 multiple, I'm going to buy it. I'll rather buy software at 2014 multiple. Yeah. But they're not the same group, right? But it's right. high okay. growth software. I, yeah, you got yeah. I got you. I got yeah. you. Yeah. JFrog uh, does DevOps. EST does internal web, internal search, right? Web logging, data capture, blah, blah. So yeah, they're not the same company. But by the way, though, Let's just talk. Okay, so here's if I have a beef with DocuSign, here it is. How much growth have they pulled forward because of COVID? How you know how, how much business now? Some people the bull is going to say, "Oh, well, the world has changed now. Everything's going to be DocuSigned, and you're not going to sign anything physically anymore." And blah. Eh. So in other words, you know, it's kind of like a Zoom. It's not as egregious as Zoom was, but it's kind of like a Zoom in that. It pulled forward arguably a few years of growth. Uh, I mean, the, there's a lot of these stocks, Zoom, DocuSign, Snowflake, et cetera. They might have just put in highs in the last two months that they don't retest for years. I don't know. Good That's, point. It's probably I agree. Any, yep. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's what we've been saying. It's probably a question for a lot of these guys. Not, It's not just Zoom, right? It's, no, no, it's uh, you. You can probably make a basket of thirty super yeah. high value software names that all good. They're all the charts probably all look the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Sean Udall has been on a roll this morning. <laughs> uh, you can find uh, more of his thoughts on Twitter. He's at Udall Tech Strat. He's the CIO of Quantum Trading Strategies. He joins us sometimes. Uh, in the morning, sometimes in the afternoons, and always has a lot of opinions, which we appreciate. Sean, always a pleasure. Thanks again. Guys, smash the like for Sean. Always. Hey, uh, do I have time for one question? Yeah. What, what do you mean? Okay. Have we, have, we seen the, have we seen the bottom of the spat crash, Joel or Dennis or Spencer? Uh, don't get us started on that. Trying to call a bottom in spats now? All right. I don't know. <laughs> they don't rally. They don't rally is the problem. Like the market rallies, the stocks don't rally. Maybe that's the well, wrong. But maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe the right question is, what's the signal that we that we that we're at the bottom, or that the bottom is that we've turned? What would be the signal? Is it like um, 
Dennis is it like a Kramer related thing where he starts talking specs again and they start going off on his show. Well, he started to talk really and he already getting to a point where, you know, Kramer was spack, 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 bullish, bullish, <laughs> bullish, and Kramer in the last like weeks hates all SPACs. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say C N B C is super negative on SPACs right now. Yeah, super so that negative. makes you bullish. That makes me bullish. Doesn't make you bullish too, Sean? Like when they all turn eh, it's it's one of those signs. Well, it's, it's one, one, of, one of those it's signs. One of yeah. yeah. Here, here. So here's what I thought Dennis might say or Joel. When I start see when I see a day where the Nasdaq's down 100, 150, and half the spacs are up or flat, and the ones that are down aren't down much, yeah. maybe there, maybe there you go. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know gonna, oh, go ahead. Anyway, no, that, that, that was say, my question. I'm like the I'm your boring spac guy uh, because <laughs> uh, you know the. There's all these spec, you know, they come out, they're at $10, you know, who's the name behind it? Who are they going to buy? They move up and down on who are they going to buy? And then they buy somebody and then they pop and then they go back down. And then you don't know what the company is. I mean, let them do the transition. Let them take over the company and let them, let's see a couple quarters of earnings. And then I'll say, and, and I'll look at that and I'll say, okay. There's a stock, there's a company, there's a product, there's some price performance. But if you're trying to base any of the technical analysis on, oh, well, you know what, Ackman, he's Ackman. He's going to get a really good deal. Oh, Goldman's going to get a good deal. Okay, yeah, maybe they will. But I don't know who they're buying, what the valuation is, what the company. They changed the symbol. So, I mean, it's like just like with the IPOs. I mean, except this is an IPO, but you don't know what you're buying. And I think there was a time when Dennis was playing it a lot, you know, where he was using the $10 floor. He had a definite strategy. He sold pops and then it stopped working. So yep. Yep. I, yep. yeah. And, and, you know, so if I was buying working, everything pre-deal because he just selling the deal news and I get the pop. Well, I started selling all of like in the last like month and a half, I started getting rid of all of them because they weren't popping on the deal now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, this strategy is no good. Let's get out. And you know why the getting was still good? Because you don't even, the stocks didn't go down that much. I was buying them at 10, 10, 20. That's right. They're at 980. I was getting $10 like the SNPR I had from $10 to like 19 on the deal or 18 on the deal announcement. That's a huge gainer. And there was a bunch of them like that. But when they stopped popping the deal announcements, what's the point to owning them pre deal then? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Anyway, guys, that's all I had. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Sean. Hey, thanks as always. All right, Sean was on a roll there. All right, guys, it's going to be a wrap for us today. Hit the like button for Sean, for Joel, for Dennis. Thanks to all of you in our chats. As always, this show is available via podcast on all the major podcast platforms. If you are listening to our show via a podcast please remember all the information on our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice again smash that like button wherever you're watching this whether it's youtube uh, facebook twitter we're on twitch as well we appreciate that say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.